Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. After that whole mess this afternoon, anybody else wishing they could relive Wednesday all over again when, when everyone thought the franchise was crumbling uh, and we still had some hope that maybe this, uh, this whole thing would be kind of like a rallying cry, the team would band together and really show up and give the world champs a hell of a game, especially since the world champs would look kind of shaky up to this point and all that kind of stuff. Remember when that was kind of like our hopeful thought? was that, you know, basically we'd be like the Phoenix rising from the ashes, you know, in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Nobody's given us a chance. We've had the worst week in in the history of the franchise, and we're going to come out here and really show up and kick some ass. When the fuck are we going to learn? Jesus Christ, man. I I just... (laughs) It was... Not only was it as bad as, as people thought it could be, it was worse. It was worse because the, you know, there was no, you didn't see any unity out there on the field, unless you want to talk about, they just universally suck. And you didn't see Justin Fields take over the game and just F it and play football. You didn't see that. Eberflus still as clueless as ever, as far as, uh, taking over the play calling uh, duties, uh, and then on top of that, we're f- just we're losing guys left and right, one injury after another. So we're top to bottom. We are a joke of a franchise, one hundred percent, from PR to scouting, because because we're 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 looking for these high character guys that love football, but apparently they're made out of tissue paper because they keep fucking getting injured going down, this injury, that one, so on and so forth. We're going to be back to the way we were week 17, week 18, where we're pulling guys off the street that I've never heard of before that are going to be playing in the secondary for us because the guys that were covering for other guys also went down today, one after another. Tremaine Edmonds leaves the game early. Never really found out what that was uh, was all about. I mean, it was just it was a disaster, a balls-up disaster in Kansas City. And in just just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, kickoff happened and it's like it's, it was just one fuck up after another dude. I just I can't handle this. Honestly, I've been doing this show for 17 seasons now. 17. I started the year after we went to the Super Bowl, 2007 when there was a lot of hype, a lot of optimism that we would just go right back because we basically had the same team aside from Jerry Angelo deciding it was a good idea to trade Thomas Jones. But the same football team minus Thomas Jones. Of course, we could repeat as NFC champs and go back to the Super Bowl, maybe even win it this time. Yeah, that didn't happen. Seven and nine. 
You know, we had a good run in 2010 all the way to the NFC Championship game, 11-5 and record. Then we had to wait another seven seasons until 2018 rolled around. And then out of nowhere, the, the last team in the world you were expecting, new coach, you know, the whole nine yards, and it's just a 12-4, and four, win the division uh, and everything. Like, wow, number one defense in the league. This was a special team. And the double doink happened. In 2019, oh, man, these guys are going to be better than, even better than they were last year. You got that defense. Everybody's back. Uh, you know, we, we've we've added to things. We're, we're going to be great. We got a new starting running back in, in David Montgomery. It's, it's going to be great. Yeah, no. We were lucky to finish 8-8 eight and eight that year, and we weren't even that good. 2020, no different. But let's run it back in 2021 rather than start over with a new head coach and and general manager who were clearly in a lame duck year in 2021. Now let's let's not wipe the slate clean and start over. No, no, no. We're gonna give these guys one more year, six and eleven. Thank you very much. Then out the door. And then last year we knew we were gonna take it in the teeth last year in in 2022. But somehow Fields made it exciting for us once they opened up the offense in Week Seven for them. You know, we we still kept losing, but at least it was interesting and fun to watch uh, at times. 10-game losing streak to hold out the year. This crazy offseason, trade the number one pick. We get a mountain of draft picks, a number one receiver, most cap space in the league. We go out there and we spend frugally, but we spend, we make some additions. On paper, we are way better, way more talented than we were a year ago. And somehow, somehow I would take last year's team over this shit any day of the week. Any day of the week. Okay, because that team played, that team was went hard, that team was playing above its talent level a lot of times. You know, they would they would play hard, they would play rough, and then eventually reality would set in. This team, all it is is reality. One play after another, the reality sets in, and and it's just it's just one. Oh, God damn it. <sighs> Forty-one to ten, forty-one to ten, and it was was it forty-one to nothing? Yeah, forty-one to nothing before we finally get on the board. And uh, for some reason, we're sending out Justin Fields into the game down thirty-eight with seven minutes to go. Why? Why does he even have his fucking shoulder pads on? Why? Why? Oh, he got to throw DJ Moore a touchdown pass at the end. Well, great. So DJ Moore is on the board finally as far as a touchdown is concerned. But, you know, it was worth it then, right, to throw the guy that we're basically going all in on, or at least this year anyway, throw him back out there where he was getting eaten alive by the defense all afternoon. Threw for 99 yards in this game. 99. Didn't even crack 100. Mahomes had 100 in the first quarter. Okay? Our defense got run over by Matt Nagy. Come on, man. Ah, fucking hell. Let's get this over with. This is the week three review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud and I don't know. You know, the day started out so well. And again, I didn't think the Bears could win this game. But I didn't think it would be embarrassing to the level that it was. I thought that we would get beat. And worst case scenario... We get beat by, you know, 14, maybe 20 points. 
because, you know, they're still the world champs. It's still their building. They don't lose much at home, you know, that kind of thing. I, I really thought that it would, you know, that we would show up, that we would look something like the team that played in 2022 where, no, we didn't have the talent where we needed it, but you know what? They were coached up. They were scrappy. They were going to fight to the end, and then in the end, the inferiority would show up and the better team would win. We saw that over and over again last year. Throw in, throw that in with what Justin Fields was doing with his legs to keep the uh, offense going uh, from time to time. And it made for an interesting watch despite the fact that we lost 14 fucking games last year. Okay? What we're seeing now... I, I mean... I. Honestly, I I felt a little bit better about the state of things after Ryan Poles did his uh, press conference on Thursday and finally admitted that, you know what, these guys, we didn't get to see this team as much as we would have liked. We didn't get to see them, you know, get those reps in uh, the preseason. Uh, this It's, you know, going to take some time for these guys to gel and for it all to kind of come together. Now, I know that that was what, 72 hours ago on Thursday? And this is the first game after he makes that statement. But after he makes that statement, we perform worse than we did in the previous two weeks combined. I mean, it was an embarrassing shit show out there. They somehow managed to just keep it Keep it, keep the bleeding slow in the first quarter. You know, like uh, you'll hear me talk about it in the knee jerk reaction. Like I couldn't fucking believe it. We actually stopped the Chiefs on their first drive and held on third and five. Third and five? Are you kidding me? Third and five? People just go out there and say, you know, let's do a quarterback sneak and they'll get five yards on the Bears. No, we actually stopped them on third and five and forced the punt. Well, holy shit! You got to be kidding me. And it's just, you know, and, and, and aside from Justin Fields uh, surviving the first play of the drive because the punter put us, pinned us back to our own two-yard line, Cole Komet got away with a hold on George Karloftis, uh, should have been a safety uh, in the end zone, and completed a 15-yard dart to chase Claypool. I was like, okay, all right, I like this. This is good. Fields using his legs, rolling out, finding Claypool, getting that guy involved. That's awesome. First down, where you know no heels are no longer uh, in the end zone. Drive died shortly after that, which is typical. And then the Chiefs went on a barrage after that. They scored thirty-four unanswered points to finish the the first half. That's what happened. They they scored a touchdown on their next drive to end the first quarter, and then they scored twenty-seven more points in the second quarter. Scoring five times on the Bears. Three touchdowns, two field goals. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And <laughs> then, for whatever reason, the NFL made us come out for the second half. And uh, Andy, Andy Reid and, and company took pity on us. After we go three and out on the opening drive, they go right down the field and score again to make it 41 to nothing. Then uh, Pat Mahomes is on the sidelines wearing an earpiece and holding the clipboard uh, clipboard for Blaine Gabbert for the rest of the game. 
who uh, wanted to apparently pad the Bears' defensive stats by throwing a couple of picks to Sanborn and uh, I forget who the other one was. Doesn't matter. Quindell Johnson, I believe, got the other one, which provided the Bears with their only points of the game. We actually got 10 points off of Kansas City Chief turnovers today. And, uh, yeah, in the fourth quarter, Justin Field is in the game for some reason. And apparent, it appears to basically be concussed on, on third down uh, before the field goal attempt. And we went for a field goal probably because Fields was coming out of the game. And for some reason, after we get the ball back from the Chiefs, we send Fields back out there. I don't give a damn if he wanted to go back out there or anything like this guy is our franchise, at least for this season. You know, he's, he's, we sent him back out there. How is that possible? And I'm not sitting here preaching about, uh, you know, like, oh, the, the concussion protocol, how can the NFL allow this and blah, blah, blah. It's just like Eberflus. How can you allow him to go back out there? He's taken a beating all day long, all day long, sacked at least three or four times up to that point, takes a forearm shiver to the face as he's falling to the ground. That's what really got him. As he gets driven into the ground after that, is wobbling around. DJ Moore has to pull him out of the huddle and send him to the sideline. We kick the field goal, and then we get the ball back. You send him back out there the fuck are you doing so it's like i tweeted out it's like i obviously we don't care about justin fields otherwise why send him back out there down 38 with seven minutes to go what is the upside here what is it so we can pad the highlight reel when he goes out there and throws that meaningless fucking touchdown pass to dj moore that's why we sent him back out. I don't give a damn if he wants to go out there or not. Take your shoulder pads off. You're done. Concussion or not, you're done. Let's sacrifice Peterman for the last seven minutes. Get this fucking thing over with. We'll try again next week. We're at home against the Broncos who gave up 70 today. 70 points. So we might be able to score a touchdown or two next week. Maybe. So, yeah, have a seat. We'll take it from here. We'll try again next Sunday. No, let's well, no throw him back out there, you know, because he wants to play. He's a warrior. He's trying to show us how tough he is going up against second and third stringers because Andy Reid's just trying to get out of town. Because he didn't throw that touchdown pass with Chris Jones or Carl Loftus or any of those guys on the field. You had a bunch of special teamers and practice squad guys out there. That's who you scored a touchdown against. Hip, hip, hooray. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. You know what? I'm not even going to bother with the knee-jerk reactions today. I'm just not. Um, number one, I didn't record one after the fourth quarter because what's the fucking point? So I just, you know, what would be the point of recording one after, you know, in the fourth? Because it, it's basically this is the fourth quarter. Uh, knee-jerk reaction is me asking, why the fuck did we send him back out there? You know? He's still our starting quarterback because he didn't get benched. 
even though everyone in my house was calling for Tyson Bajan. Got to remind him, Bajan's not the backup. Peterman is. You don't want him out there, I promise you. It's like, what would they, they were asking, what would be the harm in sending, just, sending Bajan out there? Well, the harm is we're not benching Fields. That's not happening. We're, that's just not happening. Okay, it's week three. We're not benching Fields. And certainly not doing it for an undrafted rookie free agent. It's not happening. We've invested too much to just turn it over to Tyson Bajan. We're, it's, Tyson Bajan's not going to save the season, and it's a little too early in the season to start playing for draft picks. Even though the Cardinals won today, and we and the Panthers lost, so our future draft picks are looking fantastic right now. Okay, I think I think the worst we're going to do is like number one and number three at this point. Because I think the Broncos, who we play on Sunday, would have the number two pick at the moment. I think Carolina would be one, Denver would be two, and then our own pick would be three. So we're one and three, I think, right now, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Thanks to the Cardinals for inexplicably beating the Cowboys today and proving that it's not that hard to snap a losing streak on the, as we swell our, lead, our losing streak to 13. 13. <laughs> Guys, next week's game is on September 1st, uh, October 1st. October 1st, which means we're only about, what, two and a half weeks, if that, from going a full calendar year without a victory. Because we beat New England week seven. And I think it was something like October 22nd or something like that. Okay, so we're a few weeks shy of a full calendar year since we last won a football game. And if we don't beat the Broncos on Sunday, I don't know. I don't know. Because after the Broncos... We have the Commanders on Thursday night, so we got a quick turnaround there. But the Commanders' defense will eat this offensive line. All they will eat their lunch all night long. They did it last year. They'll do it again this year. And then uh, we got uh, ten days rest to get ready for the Vikings at home. And then we have the Raiders also at home before we go to SoFi and play a home game against the Chargers. That's just the next, what, four or five ball games? And the fucked up thing is, kids, every one of those games, even that Chargers game, is winnable. And the Chargers game is winnable because they cannot play defense right now. They're almost as bad as we are. They got lucky against the Vikings today. So, but even despite the fact they got Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, uh, what's that kid, Derwin James, uh, you know, the, J.C. Jackson, they've got a lot of talent on the defensive side. Maybe their problem's the same as ours. They got the wrong guy calling the place, even though it's Brandon Staley, and that's how he got the fucking job to begin with, but don't get me started on that. But it, it's just, that's what's so frustrating about this. Aside from this game right here, where even when the schedule came out, optimism or no optimism, no fucking way we go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. That's not happening. But we also expected to be 
at least one and one coming into this game, if not two and oh. Beating the Aaron Rodgerless Green Bay Packers at home to start the year. Fuck yeah, let's put a W up for that one. And then the the did you see Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask during the training camp? These guys look like they're throwing football with the wrong fucking hand to the whole press. Like, Jesus Christ. They're gonna win football games. Yeah, they're two and zero right now. Yeah, taking on the world champs tomorrow night. Undefeated. Should be interesting there. You know? So, but it's just like, okay. The Broncos, they're a dumpster fire right now. They just gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. And granted, the Dolphins are a track meet in football pads. But nonetheless, not everybody scores 70 points. That's that's special is what that is. Okay. Then next week we have the Commanders, who are a good football team, but beatable. That's a winnable game, on the road or not. The Commanders are not world beaters. We could win that game. Week 6, the Vikings, who are currently 0-3, have lost two home games this year, and they're losing the games that they won last year. They've played three one-score games so far. They've lost them all which is kind of what we all thought might happen. If the same shit was happening again this year, you're likely not to get the same result that you got a year ago. You can only be so lucky for so long. And then you got the Raiders, who I don't know if they're winning or losing against the Steelers right now, but they're still coached by Josh McDaniels, so they are not very good. And then the Chargers, who are... An extremely talented football team. But like I said, they have a god-awful defense that just gives away points. And for the record, the Steelers are up 23-7 to in the fourth quarter right now. So, yeah, that's the Raiders getting their asses handed to them at home against the Steelers. Those are our next five games. All of them are winnable. And right now, would you trust this team to beat a high school fucking squad right now with how disorganized, with how heartless they look at times? It's just... It's frustrating, you know? It goes back to when I was yelling at Jaquan Brisker for getting pissed at the fans for booing. Yeah, let's just say you're lucky neither one of these games was in Chicago. Because not only would they have booed, they would have fucking left. 34 to nothing, you'd be playing to a half-empty stadium when the third quarter kicked off. No way we're going to stick around and watch the rest of this. No fucking way. Okay. If you thought it sucked for them to sit in their stand, sit in their chairs and boo, <laughs> how about a scattering of boos from those that are still left? Okay, when when the beating is so bad that you know the only people that stuck around are the people who visited and made the trip to Soldier Field, rather than the home fans. The home fans are going to stick around for this bullshit. You know what home fans are going to stick around? the ones that are going to uh, take the seats that were left behind and maybe see if they can sit a little closer to the field. Those are the people that are sticking around, not the actual fans who give a shit. 
But that's the state of affairs right now. And, you know, I'm sitting there biting my tongue all week long, uh, reading tweets and, and, and listening to people talk about firing this guy, getting rid of that one. It's like, can we play the next game first? And now I feel like an idiot. It's just, yeah, fucking fire them all. Strangely, the only person I would hang on to is Pulse. Getsy, I mean, Williams fired himself because still waiting on the details on that one. We, we got a little bit more with the, it wasn't anything criminal, but the behavior was inappropriate. So that could be anywhere from like sexual misconduct to, I, I heard one rumor that, that it was, uh, that he was throwing games, that he was betting, betting against the Bears. And it was like, that would make sense. Um, if uh, if the defense looked better with Eberflus calling the place, <laughs> we've looked as bad, if not worse, uh, with Eberflus. So it just uh, that doesn't seem to hold water. Um, be a hell of a thing if it were true, though. But um, you know, it just it's it's so. And I'm sorry that this is all over the place, guys. I'm just I'm beyond frustrated with this, you know, and and I'm not one of these people who's sitting around defending the bears all the time. I do try to keep some level of optimism at this point, mostly because it's so early in the season. It's just that each performance has been worse than the one before it. And I know that we played the world champs today, but the world champs haven't looked like the world champs until today. And you guys heard me joking with Jacob Milham on the preview episode on Friday that, hey, you know, the eternal pessimist in me says, if you're having issues, play the Bears, and that'll help you fix them. And we sure the fuck did. We make Nat Nagy look like a goddamn offensive genius today. Because they scored on five straight, well, six, actually. One in the fourth, in the first quarter, five in the second quarter. To put out a 34 lead, 40, 34 to nothing lead at halftime with Matt Nagy calling the fucking plays. That's just unbelievable. Unreal. And just that happened today. That happened. And then they, they had another touchdown drive to start the second half before Andy Reid emptied the benches to preserve Pat Mahomes, who tweaked his ankle when Yannick Ngakwe tripped and fell past him. I'm like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I, 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 you know, I fell down as I was not sacking you and, and then rolled your ankle a little bit. My bad. You know, maybe it would hurt more if I spent this time defending him and, you know, still drinking the Kool-Aid. It's just I'm, I'm trying to be patient, as our general manager asked us to be. Be patient. It's going to take some time for these guys to gel. It's like, well... We're not seeing improvement from one week to the next. So what do you call gelling? Because this is not it. And again, I know we've got guys falling out of the lineup. People are getting hurt uh, and things like that. So that's obviously going to make the gelling thing a lot harder to accomplish. But come on, man. It's just, you know, at this point... I would take some of those character issue guys that can stay healthy and keep playing 
over these high-character guys that are made out of tissue paper that keep getting hurt, like Jaquan Brisker, who has left each of the three games with an injury at some point. So he's he's batting a 1,000 there. It's not exactly what we're looking for, but at least it's something. Some level of consistency there. Anyway, I'm not going to do this for an hour. So, bear-ups, nobody got a bear-up today. Not one. I, I, honorable mention to uh, Sanborn, because that was a hell of a play he made on the interception. And that's as close as I'm getting to giving anyone anything. Bear-downs, the usual suspects. Justin Fields, you open your mouth, and even though you took it back as far as blaming the coaching and just going to F it and go out there and play your game, well, I didn't see that today. What we what we know to be your game, we haven't seen it yet. Whether it's on you or Getsy, who also got a bear down uh, today, because it just, you know, uh, it's we didn't see it. So bear down to you for saying you were going to go out there and play loose and and do your own thing. You didn't do it. Bear down to Getsy because we're still not seeing. We didn't start seeing the design runs till the game was over. It was already 34 to nothing before we finally started running the ball again or running it with, uh, with fields, doing designed runs with him. That didn't happen until the third quarter. It's already 34 to nothing. Okay. At this point, the game is over and you're, it's, it's not over, over, but it's as close as it can be. And then it was all the way over at 41 to nothing and we're still, you know, so they're bear down to those two and bear down to Matt Eberflus. Your job as a head coach and as a defensive play caller, you failed at both today because you just, it's, it's not. And I don't know what happened from year one to year two. Year one, we had an inferior roster, but these guys came to play week in and week out. It made all the sense in the world that their philosophy was guys who love to play football, guys who, you know, are going to be high character, you know, high value guys that, you know, so on and so forth, just going on and on about it. These guys would fight until the very end. And then reality would take over as the superior talent would, you know, the better team would always kind of come out in the end. We're not seeing that anymore. We're not. It was like on paper, this year's team would beat the unholy hell out of last year's team. It wouldn't even be close. And yet at this point, I would take the 2022 squad over this bullshit any day of the week. I absolutely would. Coaches aren't supposed to regress. They're not supposed to. And we've had two in a row that have done this shit now. Nagy comes out, he's, the, he's a genius head coach, really creates this wonderful winning culture, club dub, he's got defensive players playing offense and scoring touchdowns. It's a lot of fun to watch. And in 2019, he lost his mojo and he never got it back. Eberflus last year, boy, we gutted the roster. You went out there even with everybody's scraps and all that kind of stuff. Won two out of the first three games, beat the 49ers at home to start off your career. And uh, ever since that week one victory, 
you are two and seventeen, including losing thirteen straight. The last ten last year and the first three this season. I mean, it, it's it's getting to the point where the discussion on firing Eberflus midseason has to start. It has to. We're already 0-3. Each loss has looked worse than the one before it. And if we don't win this Sunday against the Broncos, we're 0-4. We're on a 14-game losing streak. We're on a short week staring down the barrel of the Commanders who ate our lunch last year, especially in the trenches uh, on Thursday night football. We're playing them on a short week again this week. I say if we're 0-5 after that Commanders game, we take uh, advantage of that 10-day break, cut Eberflus' ass, uh, ass loose. Um, hell, and the problem is, who would, you, who would you elevate? Who would be the interim head coach? Getsy? No. So, I mean, I guess that would be the problem as far as who the interim head coach would be. You know, it's like up until a few days ago, you'd think it would have probably been Alan Williams. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that ain't happening. So it's like, who would the interim head coach be for the last, what, 11 weeks, 10 weeks of the season? I don't know. Or we'd have to pull a, a Colts and, and, you know, hey, why don't we give, uh, you know, Mike Singletary the job for the last seven weeks or, you know, some crazy bullshit like that. Just pull some Bears legend off the street and be like, hey, here you go. Give it a shot. See what it looks like after uh, 11 weeks, even though, you know, you're going to probably want to keep the job. <laughs> we fucking take you seriously if we had a gun to our head. But at least it'll be interesting to watch for the next 10 weeks, maybe. <sighs> what a shit show, man. It's, it's just bad. You know, fighting all week that we're the worst organization in football only to see the product on the field after the most trying week in team history. And I'm not forgiving them for this. I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm not forgiving them ever. I'm not forgiving them for the week that they have. I'm not saying that, Oh, you know, well, they, this week was such a distraction, blah, blah, blah. And this, fuck that, fuck that. Okay, I we knew we were going to lose this game going into it. We as in the fans. Okay, anybody with half a fucking brain knew this was not a game we were going to win. Even when we were optimists, optimists when the schedule came out, nobody was picking the Bears to win in Kansas City. It was all. Wouldn't it be interesting if we won in Kansas City? The first Fields versus Mahomes matchup. How cool is that going to be? It wasn't cool at all. By the way, anybody else want to eat a fucking gun when they kept talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? I mean, could that have been more annoying than it was? So you guys, maybe you saw my my uh, my posts online. I was like, I love Travis Kelsey. I'm a huge fan of his. Okay, for whatever reason, one reason or another, I've always had a soft spot for tight ends because I just, you know, number one, I wanted to play tight end. But I was I was too heavy. I had to be an offensive lineman. But I was I was a good athlete. You know, if I was about three, four inches taller and about you know, thirty, forty pounds lighter, maybe I could have been a tight end. 
But uh, instead, I had to use my agile feet to play tackle as an offensive lineman, as I've told you guys a thousand times. But So I've always kind of rooted for tight ends, and it's always like I love Tony Gonzalez uh, when, when he was playing. Uh, I was a big fan of um, Brent Jones for the 49ers. Guys like Eric Green for the for the Steelers always had a soft spot for the tight end position, and Travis Kelsey shaping up to be one of the best ever at the position. Um, I don't watch or listen to his podcast with Jason Kelsey, but I see a lot of the clips like in reels on on Instagram and on 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 YouTube and stuff, and a lot of that stuff is really great. I find those guys really really entertaining, so I probably should be listening to their show, but I'm not. But it's like, I love Travis Kelsey. I'm a huge fan. But it's like, I was praying for, you know, as I said in the post, Tremaine Edmonds to come across the middle of the field and just knock him right the fuck out so we can get him out of the game and never talk about Taylor Swift again. It's like, let's just not do that for the rest of the fucking game. Would that be cool? Like, I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but I would have really just voted for Travis to get his bell rung to get him knocked out of the fucking game. He'll be fine next week. No permanent damage, nothing like that. But on Taylor Swift, you know, invading this, this the stadium day, he gets knocked the fuck out and we don't have to hear about him anymore. That's the kind of day it's been. That's the kind of day it was. That's how annoying that was. Anyway. I'm doing pretty good in the picks, though. Took it in the teeth on uh, confidence points, though, because... Uh, my top three of my top four teams lost today. The Cowboys, I went all in on the Cardinals because who wouldn't? But they lost, so I lost my 16 points. <laughs> the Ravens lost to the Colts. That one cost me 14 points. And then the Jaguars lost to the Texans. Cost me 13 points. Win-loss, I'm actually doing really well, I think, going into the... I mean, and the Steelers are winning now, so that's helping as well. With the two Monday night games tomorrow, I think my record is somewhere in, like, 10-4 and four range. But minus those, like, 40 or so points, that's taking a big chunk out of my total for the week. So I'm gaining some ground in the win-loss standings, but confidence points is how you win the league, and I just... I lost three of the biggest games I had this week. So, fucking hell. But uh, but I'm doing better there, so at least that will be fun to talk about on tomorrow's fourth phase episode because I'm done talking about this bullshit. So come back for the fourth phase uh, tomorrow when I'll hopefully be in a better mood, maybe when I've had a chance to breathe and uh, just have a laugh at this whole thing. Um, yeah, or maybe I'll even be angrier after I get to sit down and listen to some of the comments that the, they make in the press conference or whatever. So anyway, guys, that's going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and go get the hell out of here. Uh, spare you guys the rest of my belly aching. We'll be back on Tuesday with the fourth phase. And then we close the book on this week. Mercilessly move on to week four and see if we can't, uh, you know, manage to score some points. They got a 70-burger put on them this weekend and uh, maybe uh, snap this 13-game losing streak. 
uh, as we come home for the first time since losing to Green Bay. So, yeah. Come on back for the fourth phase tomorrow. We'll put the we'll put the nail in the coffin on week three and then and move on, hopefully, to something better. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.